back with another episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez in her homage shirt while I wear my homage shirt. Steph. Wasn't planned. It wasn't. And and, and rarely do the vibes get planned. Rarely. You know, like, yeah. it would, you know, the, the vibes are something that need to be felt. They're immaculate. And speaking of vibes, training camps around the corner. But I have questions to ask Steph before we get into the football stuff. Steph, you went away for a little bit, huh? I did. My mind, half of my mind is still away. So I apologize um, in advance. I, I came back Sunday from El Salvador. I was out there for a week. It was great. Those were vibes uh, out there. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still uh, getting back into the swing of things and, you know, 49ers land and all that. But excited to talk about training camp. And I saw you, Jay. You were wreaking havoc out there in Miami. Uh, uh, but who but who said that? Who told you that? <laughs> oh, so it's so, true. <laughs> no, I, 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 all right, look, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, I was in Miami for the weekend. Um, and uh there's a there's a picture floating around uh about me talking about like you know my 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 thighs looking like Nick Bosa a little bit. I just feel like it was an ankle. Um, and I think it's funny because of who you are, who we're going to be talking about, like in terms of, you know, what impression you do and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the guy himself, but yeah, you and I both, uh, decided to dip away for a little bit and, uh, I, I think it was well earned. All right. Before we get into the 49ers stuff, I know you were in El Salvador. You haven't seen Oppenheimer or Barbie. I haven't, I haven't yet. No. Uh, all right. I'm putting you on the spot, Steph. Today, you have a chance to see one of these movies immediately. Which is the one that you're choosing? So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch both eventually, but the um, one that I want to watch first is Barbie, just okay. because I I think like I can't start with something you know so dark. You can say Oppenheimer mm-hmm. and then go watch Barbie. Like, you know, you can't do that. You got to start, mm-hmm. you got to start with the positivity first and then, and then go with the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Potomo hammer, uh, Potomo hammer. I, I hope I said it right. Um, this is a warrior's world hat, um, as well too. Shout out to, to she man for sending it over. He, he always does. And this is not me trying to plug the hat or anything like that. He's just a good guy and he just appreciates the content. So he sends me a bunch of that stuff, but, uh, um, okay, Steph, I saw Oppenheimer Tuesday early. This is my flex. This is my flex. Tuesday, I saw it um, at a in the city. It's an incredible movie. It's an incredible movie. And I can't understand how Christopher Nolan can continue to make movies this well at this rate. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but it's a top one or two um Christopher Nolan movie. So if if okay. if you choose if you choose The Dark Knight because The Dark Knight is almost a perfect movie, um Heath Ledger everything, Oppenheimer is right up there. And really? I don't know how Christopher Nolan made something so suspenseful. Like the last hour of that movie is like literally my heart was racing and I I don't understand how he was able to do it. I haven't seen Barbie. I do want to see it. And I do support anything that Issa Rae does because she's President Barbie. So I will eventually <laughs> see it. I will eventually see it. But Oppenheimer was incredible. And it's it's literally up there as a movie experience. as something you need to see in the theaters. 
and it's something that sticks with you. That and, and I think you're absolutely right what you said about seeing things that like are it's 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 not necessarily dark, but that's a movie that sticks with you. It's gonna stick with yeah. you for like the entire time. So. For sure. And Gio in the comments said he like Oppenheimer first, start with something dark, then leave the movies positive. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's a little different. Um, mm-hmm. but Jay, did you I'm assuming you didn't dress up for Oppenheimer because people aren't really doing that. But are you gonna dress up for <laughs> are you gonna dress up for Barbie? You got do you have anything pink in the wardrobe? I have beach attire. And that's what I wore in the picture in which everybody is questioning whether my thighs are yeah, Nicholas's thighs. Yeah, yeah. Like that's beach attire, right? Like that's beach attire. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I was gonna be on a boat, you know, but you gotta do what you've gotta do. So I have I have boat invite. I have Ken attire. I have Ken attire. Okay. That's the okay. best way I can put it. <laughs> All right. Five minutes in, guys. Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you, you get the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to Steph's channel, my channel, everything. Okay, Steph, let's stop burying the lead. It's time. It's done. We made it. We made it, Steph. We made it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Steph, I want to talk about three camp battles that I feel like have nothing to do with quarterback. People are going to be hyper fixated on the quarterback. That completely makes sense because it's the most important position. It's the thing that we have debated, uh, you know, and we will debate until the end of time. Um, it feels like as 49er fans, but three camp battles, one of them that do you believe is something that would come out that people should be looking for? Um. Brendan Ayuk in the entire defense. Oh, talk about it. <laughs> like the talk the about entire it. defense. The mm-hmm. entire defense. He, like, okay, training camp hasn't even started yet, okay, right, for him. Um, and he's already talking about if you're wearing a white jersey, you know, middle finger emoji, right? Mm-hmm. He bringing that energy before it has even started. Now, we remember what happened last uh, training camp where he got into some uh, battles with some of the – his defensive teammates you were there that and day, right? i just yeah yeah i yeah. was there i think every day but i i love that energy from from my uke and i want to see more of it i i like that he's putting the defense on notice in advance like you know what it is like mm. i'm i'm coming i'm i'm coming to cook you basically and you better come with it and i think that's great because it elevates the the level of competitiveness and play from everybody i think you know um i love that they're aggressive with each other and you know they try to one-up each other um and i think that's great and hopefully you know it carries on into the season as well you know we talk a lot about the first few weeks of the season and how you know historically under kyle shanahan they've started off slow um i think this season i'm hoping at least like that they're going to come with energy to start the season. And that energy, like you really start to get that going right now in training camp, right? So I, I hope that Brandon Ayuk bringing that, bringing that energy, it, it, it um, helps everyone else get in that mode, right? So um, I'm excited to see that. And uh, not to go too deep into it, but I, I hope that for Ayuk, this energy, because we know he was cooking people all training camp last season. And – not that I was disappointed in his season because I wasn't, it was a great season, but I still feel like he just hasn't reached his full potential of what I think he could do um, production wise. Um, So I'm really hoping that this year uh, he could really, I know last season was a 1000 yard season for him. Maybe we get 1200 plus right yards for him this year. And there's a lot of things that go into that. Right. So 
hopefully everything is clicking for the entire offense and Ayuk and the quarterback and everything, all those things come together for Ayuk to have a great season because he deserves it for sure. Yeah. I mean, last year we, we looked at this breakout season and we looked at it and said, well, was it because of a step? It, I felt like the moment that I knew was outside of the fact that he was beating everybody who was in coverage in front of him was this fight. And the fight was more about, I'm here. I'm a leader. I'm I'm someone that you need to deal with now. Like Debo doesn't seem outside of his play on the field, right? Like you know he's running through everybody. Debo doesn't seem like a vocal leader, right? Like Brendan Ayuk recognized, and Fred Warner talks about me chirping him, me chirping him. You know, BA had enough of it, and and yeah. I love that. I love it. And you know when Kyle Shanahan has to stop practice, everybody has to get like. Everybody gets a little bit nervous when it comes to that, but I understand exactly why it was. And I think you are exactly dead on. And this is why so many 49er fans are so enamored with Brandon Ayuk, including myself. He hasn't reached his potential. He has not hit his spot yet. He still has more there. And he should be discussed in the same way that, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to get the biggest contract a wide receiver's ever going to have until someone else doesn't. And he absolutely deserves it, you know, again. But we understand circumstances. Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, how they throw the ball, when do they throw the ball, who's throwing the ball. All those things have a lot to do with it. But I think the 49er fans like you, I, many of us that, that, that watch us, you understand he's, he's still not there yet. And that's exciting. So to, to understand that you have a guy who's going into a contract year and know that there's another step that he can take. That's pretty insane for a team that's already loaded at every single position at this point. If I could switch topics, I mean, well, not switch topics, but switch to the second thing. Mm -hmm. I think something that's very important also is what this secondary rotation is. Now mm -hmm. we understand who's going to be outside is Demo is Mooney. We're fine. Hufunga's not going anywhere. He's an all-pro. He literally won all-pro last season. But I do think it's going to be interesting going forward what's going to happen at nickel and what's going to happen at the quote-unquote free safety position. I don't like to put a label on it because in this defense, it you know it moves around here and there. Like it doesn't really necessarily um, – it doesn't th – there's no label for it. You know, look, Tig got drafted very early. You know, and then there's been talk about a whole three safety look. Isaiah Oliver has been described by Steve Wilkes as the best available nickel corner on the market. That's high praise. But what about Sammy Womack? Sammy Womack literally started the season last season as a as the starter. So my question is, it's possible Oliver starts immediately, and that makes sense. It's possible that Gibson starts immediately. But Training camp's the time where people ascend and they start to make decisions harder. Do you ever think that there's a possibility that maybe Tig steals this spot from Gibson and maybe Samuel Womack gets his spot back? He absolutely can. I mean, I think that that's one thing that we've been talking about since he got drafted, right? That he's going to get playing time and we think sooner than later, right? Like, I think there is a world in which it could start as early as training camp where he starts eating into uh, Gibson's time a little bit because 
he shows you something and you want to see more, right? I think that's what it's going to come down to for him. And that's something I'm, I'm really excited about some of these rookies that I really want to see. And realistically, the one who probably has one of the better chances of seeing the most time um, is him. Right. So I'm just excited for some of these younger players and them, you know, putting, putting some pressure on, on some of these vets or, or some of these guys who are currently in starting roles. I mean, you know, we could talk about Jordan Mason as well, maybe putting some pressure on Elijah Mitchell for that number two spot. That's another guy I want to see. Um, Robert Beal, like, could he, you know, realistically get into that rotation as well with uh, Drake Jackson? Like, I don't know, but, you know, these are all battles that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And I'd also say, for me, another thing I'm going to be paying attention to, obviously the defensive line, but with the defensive line being so good, and we know it's always dominant in training camp, they don't miss a step. They're missing one I, spot? Yes, but, you know, there's I, I'm still expecting them to be dominant. So what I'm going to be looking at is the offensive line. How is the protection going to oh. hold up? And last season, I felt like the quarterbacks did struggle because, like, you know, the offensive line was still gelling. Every day there was a different rotation. They were trying out different guys. This year it's going to be a little different because mm-hmm. now the only guy who's going to be different on that line is Colton McKivitz. And he already has some experience with this group too. So I feel like that's an opportunity for the offensive line to, you know, get going potentially a little bit quicker. Now there's going to be days where maybe Trent Williams doesn't practice and then you're going to get a look at, you know, Matt Pryor, maybe Jalen Moore. Moore, right? Mm-hmm. So there are going to be days where the offensive line looks quote unquote bad, right? They're not going to compare to our defensive line, of course. But I, I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Like how do they hold up? Because at the end of the day, that really does indicate too, like how the quarterbacks are going to look. Um, and it's great practice for the quarterbacks to go up against, you know, the arguably the best defensive line in, in the entire league. Um, but I do want to see some, you know, some better, I guess, chemistry from the offensive line just to know, okay, they're going to be good. They're not going to start slow uh, mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, like, when we're talking training camp battles and, and Brett uh, brings up uh, Steph with the O-line spreadsheet, Steph is going to be giving you who blue blocks, all that stuff, like everything is going to be there as well, too. Um, it's... The secondary rotation that I'm looking at, it's can Drake Jackson lock this other side down? And if he does and he becomes a three-down edge player, then what does that do for you? And it is Colton McKibbins. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Last season, a lot of 49er fans, including myself, walked into the season saying, I don't know what this is going to look like. You have a center who's never really played games. You have a guard who, you know, you drafted but took the whole season off, and you were starting a right guard who was a rookie. And you kind of set your watch to left tackle, right tackle, for better or worse. You know exactly what Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are, and I think that's up to you to understand, you know, what that means. That You know, Trent's the – I had an argument with somebody on Twitter. Um, Trent is undoubtedly one of the greatest to ever play this game, and someone said he's not even in the conversation, and I – that's when I know you don't know Paul. Um, but, you know, at right tackle with Mike McGlinchey, you you kind of took the good with the bad. And 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 for the people that are a little bit worried about Colton McKibbis, let me try to ease your, your anxiousness with this. 
Kyle Shanahan was so good at what he did that he made you believe that Tom Compton was some sort of an upgrade over Mike McGlinchey. And Tom Compton, who was somebody who was out of the league, basically, basically an out-of-the-league right tackle at this point, was someone who stepped in, played well, and played well enough for you to even discuss the idea that he was better than Mike McGlinchey. And now Tom Compton, I think he's on the same team that Mike McGlinchey is now. Like, he's the backup right tackle in Denver. Um, But I think, again, when you're worried about Colton McKibbitts, if you are worried about him, and that makes sense because you haven't seen it, I think you put your trust in the coaching. You put your trust in the scheme. I think Kyle Shanahan is not going to allow him to be alone on an island blocking. And, you know, sometimes game script, game flow, you know, if you're if you're losing by a certain amount of points, you can't just run the ball, right? Like you've got to throw the ball a little bit more. That's when you may find yourself in some trouble. But as long as the game is within control, I think you're going to find that you can get something out of Colton McKibbitts. And I, I wouldn't worry as much about that because one, the defense is gonna it isn't going to let games get out of their like out of hand. Two, the offense is going to, you know, if it's balanced and running, especially if, you know, and this is a perfect way to pivot to the next topic, the quarterback isn't exactly healthy and you want to make sure that you're slowing things down. Um, I think all of that matters when you talk about Colton McKibbitt. So I guess, all right, you know what? We buried the lead enough. Let's talk about the quarterback stuff. As of today, Brock Purdy's not on the pup list. That's got to be a good sign, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like everything is going well for Purdy. And, I mean, from the beginning, it's kind of looked that way. It's almost hard to believe because we're used to, one, uh, quarterbacks getting hurt on this team, but also setbacks. Like, we're we're used to the report of, oh, like, he had a setback. It's going to be another couple of weeks. And so far, knock on wood if you have it near you guys, because I don't. Um so far, there haven't been any setbacks with Brock Purdy, and I think it's a it's a great sign. It's a great indication that there's a real possibility that he's going to be available for week one, and that is, I think, the best-case scenario for this team when you have two, you know, maybe three legit options that you can potentially, you know, put out there um, as your starter. And so that that's really exciting for this team um, and, of course, for, for Brock Purdy as well. Well, I, I see CB Niner. Shout out to him. Hopefully, I get to face Pasquini tonight in our softball finals. That is just a quick little nod to the fact that I don't know what it is that Andrew and I do, but it's good enough that he uh, enjoys it. And he asked Andrew, like, when he ran up on him on the field, like, when are you guys coming back to YouTube? But it's football season. We're back. But absolutely right, like, Steph. And I think it, it goes further than the quarterback position. I think with injuries, we're always worried about setbacks and, and, and hearing about setbacks and all those things. And unfortunately, we don't have a great history of it, right? Like guys get injured and you think they're on track for a certain day and all those things. It's really nice to hear this. But kind of goes back to my original point, you know, is, is Brock Purdy all the way up to speed? Can he operate the offense, right? Like I think there's a baseline level of competency that this offense needs at quarterback. And I think that regardless whether Brock is 100%, whatever it is, he can still do that. And that still flows through the run game. It still flows through play action. As long as he's able to operate that while he's getting fine, you know, and better, 
I think the team will be fine. Also, we don't we need to talk about this too. The 49ers, there he is. Look at him. Zone zone read uh Brock, get ready for it. Um, the thing is too, Steph, the 49ers have not started well. Uh, the only year that they've started well was 2019, and you know, we we know how that season ended. But for the most part, based on the way the 49ers practice, do their preseason, it takes them a little while for them to get up to speed. So maybe I guess what I'm trying to say is let's slow down early on. Sure, it would be nice to just jump out to a 2-0, you know, 2-0 record, 3-0 record, 4-0 record. It's not the NFL. It's not the way the 49ers have operated necessarily. And it doesn't necessarily put you in a spot where you know how the season's going to go. So for, for Brock, it's all about being up to speed, being healthy, and just – getting himself back into shape. But I do want to ask you this question because there are Trey Lance viral videos floating around mm-hmm. of him throwing the football. Steph, let's just, let's just for the argument's sake, because we want to keep podcasts interesting, right? Brock Purdy's not ready to go week one, but Trey Lance has shown you all camp through pre through the preseason He's ready to go. And you know what? Week one in Pittsburgh, he lights it up. What are we doing here, Steph? Who lights it up? Brock or, or Lance? Trey. Trey. Dude. Trey. Um, if Brock so... Is, so Brock is going to be – so let's say oh, in this hypothetical, gosh. in this hypothetical, <laughs> Brock isn't ready to go for week one, right? Yeah, yeah. In, this, in this hypothetical. It sounds like all, all, all of – everything that we've heard is leading to Brock being ready week one. Um. Mm-hmm. But let's just say all of training camp, Brock is just hanging out, chilling, not really doing too much. Trey gets all of camp, all of preseason, and then he goes out week one, and he doesn't just have a good game. Like, he lights it up throwing the football. He doesn't necessarily have to run as much. You know, he may run in a touchdown here or there or whatever, but they're not using him in that way. Steph, what, what then? What then? Uh man, I have a headache already just thinking about that hypothetical situation, but I think what most coaches um are inclined to do is like you kind of you you go with the hot hand, right? You always have to go with the hot hand and you got to continue to see what you have, right? If if he looks great, I mean, you can't take him out. Same thing happened, you know, with Brock Purdy, right? Of course, that was due to injury, but also I, I don't think there was a scenario in which we would have said, okay, it's, it's you know, it's time to take uh, Brock out um, just because he lit it up, right? So it's kind of the same thing. You kind of just have to continue going with it and see how far it could take you. Now, that being said, I, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because at the end of the day, you know, these clips are great. I, it looks that Things have improved with his mechanics, his throwing motion. From what I've, uh, from what I've heard from uh, you know QB experts on Twitter, or on Twitter? X, I should call it. Um, oh, is that what? We, oh, God. it's X now. It's X now, Jay. Um, I'm still gonna call it Twitter. I'm still gonna call it tweets. But anyway, um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, let's you know let's take it for what it is. He's throwing. He is throwing against air and it isn't with defenses yet. So I'm, I'm excited and eager to see what Trey looks like 
in practice and training camp, right? Against this defense, right? Like what I was saying earlier, if the protection holds up, let's see what Trey can do. Maybe if, even if the protection doesn't hold up, let's see what Trey can do, right? It, it's going to be a great test for him. And also I think those joint practices with the Raiders, even though it's looking like that's not going to be open to, we will um, be able you know, to see fans. I miss you, Jimmy. Yeah, we won't be able to see it. We'll, I miss we'll you, have Jimmy. The, <laughs> we'll have the, uh, you know, the Reports. beat writers, um, you know, kind of holding our hand through that process and telling us what's going on. But, you know, those practices are going to be huge for Trey, too, and, and what he could do. He really has to take advantage of the fact that, you know, Brock Purdy isn't fully cleared yet, right? You got to do – and, yeah, Brock Purdy could throw. He's throwing now, but I don't think he's going to be – at that level that, you know, all the other healthy quarterbacks on this team are right now. Right. So he's still going to be limited in these practices or whatever he does um, in those drills. So Trey Lance has to, you know, do, he has to um, arise to that opportunity and he has to step up and it looks like as far as preparation goes, he's doing that. He's doing all the right things as far as that goes, but Let's see what he can do once, you know, the defense is coming at him and all that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Steph, my my most favorite thing, and the reason that there's a smile on my face, I don't smile a lot. I don't have a lot you to don't? be happy about. No, 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 not right now. No, 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 not lately. Okay, okay. But we stop talking about fing Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. Bleep it out, Rob. I bleep it out, Rob. I like I you know what? I love, I love the fact. That there's, you know, we understand Brock deserves to start. Mm -hmm. But we have completely gotten away from the Sam Darnold bullshit propaganda because it's nonsense and it doesn't make sense. I don't want anybody on this team to fail, but I am tired of talking about someone who has been trashed his entire career. Jay. And now all of a sudden, like, I, look, I'm Jay. sorry. What? But Jay, you know it's gonna start up again as soon as it will like... not. It will not. First of all, hold on. First of all, you know, if I can go off on a tangent real quick. First Please. of all, it started with there's no way that Trey can beat him out. Oh, Sam needs to learn the offense. Shut up already. Enough with this. I'm done. I am done with it. I'm so happy that everyone is looking at the fact that if Brock Purdy, unfortunately, is not ready to go. Is not ready to go. Sorry, Chris Sims, and I know you're a buddy of of uh, Rob's, but no, I, I that's all I got to say to that. Um, but the thing is, is like you already know that you know Brock is ready to go, but everybody understands that if Brock's not ready to go, that it's not Sam Darnold. It's not Sam Darnold. It'll never be Sam Darnold. It's always going to be Trey Lance if he's not ready to go. I'm so happy that we're done with this crap. All these people, I think this is your masterclass and, and for your, you know, for your mental health and, and to figure out that no matter who, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, doesn't matter who's saying what, that was their opinion. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He's going to have to show something on the field that right now doesn't sound as good. It's so funny how the Trey Lance stuff is about his motion and all this stuff and whatever. But then when Sam Darnold needs to learn the playbook, nobody else is just like, oh, damn, well, he's not, you know. He's going to be the third-string quarterback. Stop it. Let's stop it, and I'm so glad it's done. I am so happy it's done. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm tired of everybody still trying to show me or tell me that someone who was mediocre at best during his best stretch of football is now 
in the way of Trey Lance. Stop it. If it's not Brock, it's Trey Lance. Let's keep going. You know, Speaking you of- know, you know that I agree with you, but I don't think that this is the last that we'll hear of Sam Darnold. Like uh Rob literally just pulled up that article from a day ago that Sims was hyping up Darnold. Yeah, but or, or, okay, all right. Look. So that's all I'm saying. We're not gonna we're, it's we're not, still gonna right. hear about him, but yes, like he's not realistically it's, going to. It's just noise. It's just it's just talk. It's just noise. Just people's you. opinions. And this is what we've been knowing, right? This whole off season, all these reports coming out. It's it's all opinions from these guys. And even if these guys, these national media guys, have gotten these opinions from you know little whispers in the building it's opinions unless it's opinions still exactly still opinions. unless that opinion is coming from kyle shanahan himself which is it is not because he does not talk to these national media guys it does not matter because at the end of the day kyle shanahan is the only one who's going to be making these decisions the decision falls solely on him it does not matter what the the quarterback coach thinks what john lynch thinks what anyone thinks just Kyle Shanahan, and we don't know what he thinks. So, and look, my thing is, is it was already predetermined yeah. that you know, like there was no shot for the youngster. Oh, yeah. You know, that was and, nasty work, and, and it's it's huge, it's super nasty work, especially considering I've got how many years of film on a guy who's been <laughs> terrible. Like, bleep it out, Rob. Like, let's keep going. Like, like we're good. Like, I I just. Again, that's your opinion. You can have your opinion, and your opinion might be more valid than others' opinions because you have a reputation. But this idea that Sam Darnold all of a sudden now, because he is going to be sticking with Kyle Shanahan, is more is more actually a testament to the coach that many people like disrespect than anything. Get out of here! Like we're good, bro. Like you're not gonna play. It's it. Like. Sam Darnold's not just going to wake up in training camp and turn into the guy that the Jets thought he would be. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. I haven't seen it enough. There's Geno Smith, Alex Smith. At least Alex Smith, I can say, went through 11 coordinators, right? Like, I, at least I can see that. Geno Smith, I kind of got to see it one more time. Like, I have to see it one more time from Geno. Um, so it's not something that's typical. Use historical information to judge what's going to happen going forward. When someone's trying to tell you what they are as a player, listen to them. And that's what Sam Donald's been trying to do. But yet, oh, man, you know, I he just needs a better play caller. Oh, man, he just needs better weapons. As if the play caller threw the ball into the linebacker's belly. As if the play caller threw the ball 80 yards out of bounds on a terrible throw. Like, I, I, I'll never understand that sort of understanding. And... Uh, bar is low. Sam just needs to beat out Trey. Sam will beat out nobody. He won't beat out Avery. <laughs> he won't beat out. He won't beat out my garbage can. Are you kidding me, bro? Like, oh, what are we doing? All right. Anyway, look. Speaking of Nick Bosa, because you are the <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Nick Bosa, because you are the Nick Bosa, um, resident. <laughs> I love that transition. Yeah, I was like, we weren't speaking Nick Bosa. <laughs> we weren't. We right. we never mentioned Nick Bosa at all. Um. <laughs> Um, Nick Bosa, it has a chance to make a bunch of money. And if history has done anything, right? Like last season, we did it with Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel was 
at airports. People were taking pictures of him, trying to figure out what's going on with him. Nick Bosa is nearly nowhere in that situation, right? Like, he doesn't want to be traded. He just wants to get paid. Steph, are we just – people speak at 11 a.m. today. Do we get that announcement today that Nick Bosa is a, a, a long – like, a long-time Niner? Um, maybe, but I don't think so. I think, uh, and I'm not rushing it either. Like I'm not panicking at all. Like he's going to get his money. He's going to get this extension with this team. Uh, it's just a matter of when, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think it would happen today. Cause I, generally I feel like they wouldn't announce that in a presser, but maybe, um, but you know, it's going to come and and I'm not worried about it one bit. He's, he's going to get a monster contract and I'm excited to see what the numbers are. I'm excited to see Nick Bosa on this team for many more years to come. And he has deserved every bit of the money that he's going to get. Uh, so, and, and it's awesome. Cause like, um, in, in past seasons where guys have been due for their extensions, you see the, you know, pay Fred Warner, pay George Kittle hashtags. And like, you Why know, haven't we, start, where's, we start this where's, movement. Where's the extended Bosa thing? I, I like, that's, what's been awesome. Like, I don't think we need it. I don't think we need it. Cause like, I think we know he's going to get this deal where in the past it's like, Oh, maybe, you know, they're, there's, they're negotiating really hard and, man, just give him his money kind of thing. But I don't know. I, I feel like we just trust that it's it's going to happen this time. And we've seen this now many times where now we know that all the extensions get done around training camp ta- time, whether it is right before or, you know, maybe a week into it. Um, but do you think that there's no reason for Nick Bosa to go out there and practice until he has that extension, right? Because Debo did the same thing. He he wasn't he was there, but he wasn't participating until he actually got it. Just continue to draw breath, continue to work on your thighs, continue to work out in the gym. We don't need to see you on the field. We need to see you on the field week one. They'll get it done. I'm not I'm not uh, worried about this at all. Um, at this point, whether. Numbers are off, anything like that, that's fine. I, I have no, like, sort of, like, insult into that. But they'll figure it out. They'll, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, like again, the Debo thing seemed a little bit more dire because of, mm-hmm. you know, a trade request, whatever it was. You know, Nick's been really quiet about it. And I think, again, they're handling it behind the scenes. They'll figure it out. I do feel concerned because... While I was optimistic about next year's cap situation, actually, like, looking into it, even with the cap increase, the 49ers are in trouble in terms of, like, trying to, like, get guys under contract and keep them in a certain place, which is why having a quarterback that doesn't count against your cap, having two quarterbacks that don't really count, well, Trey, Trey counts more against the cap than, than uh, Brock does, is important. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think they find a way to get it done. Um, I'm not necessarily as worried. Is today the day, like July 25th, is today the day that they'll announce like at 11 o'clock when they, they have their press conference, 11 o'clock Pacific time? I'm not sure about that, um, but they'll figure it out. And again, you know, placeholders are different, right? So last season, for instance, at training camp, you know, for anybody who's ever been there, the walkthroughs in the beginning are your first team against your first team. And on defense, You'll look at who's lining up where, and you'll start to say, okay, this is your first team. Well, last year for a certain amount of days, Dante Johnson was starting across from, you know, uh, Mooney Ward. That should just let you know. Like, it just, it's like, (laughs) 
it's it means something until it doesn't mean something, and it means nothing until it means something. If that, I, I know that that doesn't make any sense, but um, a hundred percent, like you just you just need guys to just show up the week one. That's all. And um, you know, you'd like to go through training camp, but with the way the 49ers do their business, guys don't necessarily play in the preseason. Guys don't get a chance, right? Like they have the little dress rehearsal, but it's like one or two. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily as worried when but it comes to that. It, on that note, like, do you feel like that's maybe the reason that they start slow? Like, hundred percent. That's part of it. Part. That's of it. part of it. And then also, like, we we also know that they they practice really hard, and so you get those preseason injuries that always happen, and that mm-hmm. also contributes to starting slow because a lot of the time it's you know, some of your key guys who who are getting hurt, and that's just not how you want to start the season. But I'm curious to see how with the cuts down to 53 being later, like how – or not later, but you're not going to have that, that middle cut um, period. So how will that impact the preseason and who gets played, right? Mm-hmm. So could that negatively or positively impact – this team um that's what i'm curious to see yeah and i do think that's a little bit of it i do think that you know the whole rust thing is 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 real and the whole like physical aspect of the practices i think that's something that's really good to bring up it's like everyone loves this team because of how physical they are and how they're able to impose their will on people but you don't see the process to build up to that. Like you can't just like wake up and just say, Hey, we're just going to start knocking the crap out of people it has to start with day one. And that's kind of where they go. It's a give and a take. It's a double-edged sword, a hundred percent, because if you play physical, you're going to get hurt. If you don't play physical, then you're going to end up being a team like the Dallas Cowboys who want to be tough, but they're not really tough. And they're not really built like that. So like it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword and it's just the way kind of, this team is built, so you kind of have to take the good with the bad, especially when the last few years the 49ers have been able to advance as far as they have in the playoffs as well. Too. I think someone, and you know, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned him yet, but someone who I think is going to start, you know, zero to one hundred to start the season, Debo, man, like he he looks great i mean i know that someone's physical appearance doesn't always translate on the field we know this all too well uh-huh but but based on what we know how debo felt about you know his past season and he's extra motivated to get in shape make sure that you know his conditioning is right right now like he's he's not wasting any time he's not he's not using this training camp period to get in shape because some mm-hmm. guys do that, right? They're like, Oh, I'll be fine. Like I'll get in shape once we get started here. No, like he, he looks like he's, he's in tip top shape. Maybe dare I say the, the best shape he's been. <laughs> oh wait, no, best shape of his that. life best season. Best shape, best, best shape of his life season. That's literally yeah. like all we've heard from training camp. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to hear about uh, Debo Samuel. But because we, we have a large enough sample size of Debo, I, I know that for him it will carry on into the season and I'm yeah. I'm excited to see that maybe we see not a repeat of the 2021 season he had cuz I I don't think that's repeatable quite honestly uh-huh. but at least he will be in that form um so I'm I'm excited man he he's he's one to watch 
I mean, honestly, I really can't be more excited that fucking camp is back because now we don't have to talk about hypotheticals anymore. Like, I know. God, like, thank you so much. Um, but as far as Debo goes, it's it's very telling that he said, I don't like what I put on tape last season. Players feel that, right? Like, players understand that, right? The, uh, this wasn't my best season for whatever, whichever reason, injuries. To hear him say that's refreshing. And that feels like somebody who is going to prove something. Because, all right, I'm really going to get on my conspiracy theories back. Uh-oh. You don't think Debo hears, yo, Brandon, I used the better wide receiver. Maybe we should move you instead of him, right? You don't think he hears any of that? And that has nothing to do with the fact that he believes anything about Brandon Ayuk. But you would be wrong to dismiss the human factor of, yo, two years ago, I carried your team. I had you in the book bag. You were in my book he really bag. Did. He really you did. In, <laughs> you were in my bag. And right now, you believe that this young man who is super talented, and I'm sure Debo would say the same thing, and right, what did he say? You can't cover him in a, in a, in a phone booth. That guy is better than me? The competitive spirit, do not discount that, right? Steph, I love you, and I love anybody that we, we're in this medium with. If you tell me you're better than me, then you know what? I woke up. Now I woke up. Now <laughs> I want to. Yeah, I'm going to turn up. I'm going to turn up. So <laughs> do I think you're absolutely right when you talk about the fact that Debo can't duplicate what he did? He literally can't because no one's ever done it. No one's ever done what he just did. So why would he be able to do it again? But do not discount the fact that Debo Samuel hears everything. And I do think that he's using that as a competitive motivation. And I love that. I love yeah. it. It, it doesn't – the numbers don't necessarily affect uh, or talk about impact, right? Numbers can show you something, but numbers are one piece of the puzzle. To quote the great guy who yells at me all the time, Rich Madrid, watch the tape. If, if, he's, if, if he's causing defenders to look his way and it gets someone else open, all of those things matter. And I think that's kind of what you're about to see from Debo. He may not have the season that he had because nobody's ever had it, He's the only one. But stop, man. Like, stop acting like Debo. Stop playing with Debo. I think right now everybody's like, well, look what Kittle did at the end of the season. Look what Christian McCaffrey did. Well, Brandon Ayuk's ready to go. Stop playing with Debo. Like, stop playing mm -hmm. with him. And I, I do agree for a 100% of fact that that young man heard everything, feels everything, and knows that he wants to put something good on film. And I think that's it's trouble for the league, and it's great for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Anytime that a player has a personal motivation because there's always that team motivation, right? As a team, you know, you have a goal, you always want to get to the Super Bowl, but it's great for each individual player to have their own individual goals and what they want to do. And they're competing with themselves. And, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, they're also probably competing with their teammates as well. I mean, that's, that's just the way the business goes um, because decisions do have to be made at some point. So it's it's great to have those extra motivators, um, you know, and maybe for Debo that 2021 season, it was getting that contract right now. It's like staying on this team and solidifying your value on this team. And so I, I think that's great for everyone. And if we get 2021 Debo along with the Christian McCaffrey that we saw, you know, the second half of last year, yo, like it, it's a wrap, like, 
I and and it's easier said than done, right? Like sometimes it doesn't always play out that way. But again, that's what we get. It's going to be really hard to stop this offense as it has been. But like we said, or like Debo said, that wasn't one hundred percent Debo, and yet you know he was still you know a a good he had a good role on this team. Um, and so if he could turn it up, man, it's blouses. Game blouses. I love it. Stuff with the Chappelle shows, uh, uh, reference. Let me ask you this. And you know, it's a good place to pivot. Who's the one player that you're super fixated on right now, this training camp outside of the quarterback? Wow. Outside whoa, of- whoa. Are you, Out- you mean, I just- <laughs> why Out- is he yelling? Why is he yelling? <laughs> outside of the quarterback, outside of the quarterback, <laughs> who's someone that you're super excited to watch or someone that you have a little bit of high hopes for? Um, you know, from last training camp, there was a few guys who realistically, like they wouldn't get a starting position, but they, I also felt like they showed enough where I did want to see more. Mm -hmm. One of those guys was Marcelino McCrory ball. And he was one that I think, you know, a lot of guys have mentioned because it, it, they saw the same thing, right? We, We were seeing him like ball out and he was a ball hawk. Um, so he's, he's definitely, uh, one player. I've heard some good things about Kalen LeBorn as well. Could he be the next Jordan Mason? I mean, of course, I'm also excited to see Jordan Mason, but I also feel like we kind of know what we're going to get out of Mason. Like, And that's crazy to say because he has such a young career, but I don't think he takes a step back. I think he's going to continue to take steps forward on this team, and that's really exciting uh, for that running back unit as a whole. I think it's a really strong group of guys right now, and that's something that, uh, I mean – Maybe this is the best running back room that they've had in, in like a really long time. Not maybe. I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey. That already puts you over the edge of any 100%. <laughs> any any running back room they've had. But along with uh, Jordan Mason, if Elijah Mitchell can stay healthy, you know, like that that's yeah. a wrap as well. Um, but I'm also excited to see like the tight ends, right? And and maybe that was uh, that was could have been worth mentioning when we were talking about you know battles that we want to see uh, going into camp. I think you know, Brian Willis and Cameron Latu, those are two guys who I think uh, maybe flying under the radar because, you know, you have Kittle already and Charlie Warner's still out here, but those are some guys that I'm, I'm curious about And I want to see how they do, um, you know, once training camp gets going. So, you know, those are a couple of guys, Jair Brown, who we mentioned quite a bit. I mean, he's another guy that I'm excited to see. There's just so much talent and I get excited about, some of the depth guys, just because a lot of the starting roles are, you know, they're solidified for the most part. So now I'm just, um, I, I get excited about some of the depth guys and the roster cuts that are going to happen. Like it makes that part really exciting to see who's going to stick. Yeah. I mean, uh, what I'm looking for is Zing Gonzalez. Can you like steal this battle away from, from Jake Moody? Like, is that, you know, I, I mean, Number 10 doesn't lose. Number 10 doesn't lose. I should have should yeah. yelled at you, Jay, to not bring up. You were yelling at me to not talk about the quarterbacks. I'm going to yell at you. Don't bring up kickers. What you mean? <laughs> Zane Gonzalez is wearing 10. 10 doesn't lose camp battles. Ride me 10. Uh, You know, one last ride, 10. Like, like literally, we are watching Zane Gonzalez, like, manifest through 10. 
Um, <laughs> I, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think with Marcelino McCurry Ball, I think that's somebody that everybody should be. I think everybody's discounting kind of the, the third linebacker role because you're not going to be in base. And you're going to end up having a nickel on the field most of the time. Just how the game's going, right? Like everything's spread out. Everybody's worried about base defense. Well, what are they run? You're not going to be in base. Nobody's in base defense more than 30% of the time. And that's probably on one down, just one down. So for me, it's it's really about finding out what Colin McKibbins is, finding out what they have in a third linebacker, whoever that is, right? Because Aziz Al-Shair, I love him, man. And I think I wish him the best while he's in Tennessee. Um, I think that's a little bit of it, – it's, it's big shoes to fill. But, yeah, it's got to be take for me, man. Like, I, I I am so excited to watch this whole idea of three safeties. Like, he talked to me about, like, when I interviewed him, you know, and the same thing that you've heard from the people that have been around the team that they're going to be in more three safety looks. It's just it feels like they want to get into a spot where it's taking Hufanga, playing fast, being ball hawks, running downhill, hitting people, all of those things. I, I really want to see where we're going at this point with him. Um, So is – some of the reports from OTAs and minicamp about like, well, he didn't look good this day, but people are saying he intercepted the ball how many days. Now we're going to get to see, and I'm very excited about that. And if you look at the 49ers history, and I'm just pointing right back to Tarano Hufunga, I love Jaquaski Tart, but it was clear that they were trying to get Hufunga on the field. Clear. Like, like that, that, that has nothing to do with my feelings, has nothing to do with like who I prefer as a player. So I feel that if Steve Wilkes is the defensive back guru that we think he is, and he is, um, that you're going to see a little bit more of him. And I think that the exotic looks, the things that you're going to see a little bit more, him playing fast, I do think that you're. I'm, I'm more excited to watch that, the secondary battle with Tig. Maybe he takes a spot from Gibson, who's going to be at nickel. That's something that I'm really looking to watch because pretty much everything else is set in stone at this point, Steph. Yeah, and you know that's something that I'm I'm also surprised we haven't mentioned. You know, there's so many things, there's so many storylines going into training camp. But yeah, Steve Wilkes, you know, being a, the new defensive coordinator on this team, like, what new wrinkles is he gonna add, right, to to this? And and I think we're gonna see some of that in training camp. So I'm looking forward to getting glimpses of that. Um, you know, now once we get started here. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm just excited. It, it's vibes, man. It, I'm just excited to have actual football to to talk about with we you. Made and we, we made it. it. We, we made it. We made it. We did it. How did we do it? We did it. Man, I don't know how we did it. I, half the time, I did it by just ignoring like <laughs> half of the discourse or most of the discourse. To be quite well, honest with you, you ignored the last part by going away on vacation. And it was great. I I had a wonderful time. I I almost didn't want to come back, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I, I did enjoy talking camp with you. And for those, I, I saw someone asking like when we're going to be at camp. When are um, we going to be at camp, Steph? I, dude, I was wanting to be there every day, but it's looking like that's not going to happen. I'm tired, it, man. The Flying tickets around. are ridiculous. You and, guys, and fly- you've seen well, it. Can we talk about it real quick? Because I know you got to go, but like real fast though. Like yeah. two things. You were absolutely right about the traveling thing because I just got back uh, from Miami. I don't want to get on another plane anytime soon. Um, but... The training camp tickets being as expensive as they are, I don't want to be that guy, but it's because content creators are descending upon training camp. And for as long as Steph, I, a a lot of us that have been able to go out there and help you guys out with the content and everything, 
it was way easier to find access to these things. Now, there's excitement around the team because of how well they did. You want to see Brock Purdy? That also plays a part. But there was excitement last season, too. Yeah, and so it's something the math ain't mathing. Something the math is not mathing. Something's up, and whether it's the 49ers themselves or the fact that content creators now are descending upon training camp, one way or another, I just want to get on record and say, like Steph, we started something. We started like we 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 moved the needle a little bit to let people know that you can drink me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we started it. We we, we started look at it. Look at this. We started this. But <laughs> but it's to let people know you don't have to listen to people. You can go there yourself. You can have your own opinion and watch. Because when you listen to people, one person's gonna say that Brock Purdy went 11 for 11. Another person is gonna look at that and say, Well, there was two or three drops. There's context. That's the part that we're starting to get to it now. And like I'm fine with that. If I miss out on a few days because I don't want to pay an exorbitant amount of money, I'm good with that. But I do feel proud because now we all get a chance to observe ourselves. And we can't go by anybody else's word. And more and more people are going out there to see themselves and have their own opinion. And I think that's the best part. But Yeah, that, that's true. But, you know, just to add on to that, I'm pretty sure based on what the tickets say, the camp days are going to be inside Levi Stadium. That's what uh, it said. No, no. That's no, what it, it said on the ticket. I don't know if if that's like You got a ticket already. That's why. I got one. <laughs> I got one day. I'm going uh August 3rd, Thursday. You will see me the one day. Um and I'll gonna... be the person outside the gates, you know, with the binoculars. Yeah, like the DW like meme, the DW meme. Like... Yep. <laughs> But yeah, like I'm gonna see if I could get any tickets. If anyone, by the grace of their heart, can you know, can't go or you know wants to anybody who their ticket. Anybody uh, who's listening yeah. to this and you enjoy our content, if you have tickets, you know that this, you don't have to give away. You don't have to give away. This is sad, I bought, man. We're I getting bought, charity. We're getting like no. I bought I, I, charity listen, access into literally the last few years that I was able to do it. I would literally buy tickets off Craigslist. People would have yeah, the, the yeah. you know, and, and I would Venmo them $20, $25, completely reasonable. Like, I don't care. Like, it was more about, like, being there more than anything. So anybody who's listening to this, if you uh, enjoy our content, if you want to hear what Steph thinks, you don't want to hear what I think. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, like, send Steph some tickets or let us know. Like, and we'll, we'll compensate you. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. We're not begging. It's just... The- <laughs> inflation. I'm kind of begging, Jay. Inflation's I am, am begging. I'm going to be inflation- out there. Inflation's real, um, you know, and and there's excitement around the team, and and you should be excited because your team is very good, and we want that lick back, Philadelphia. Oh wait, did I bring up Philadelphia? I didn't mean to. All right, that'll end this episode of Bully Ball on the Ghost Standard Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. Make sure you're subscribed to Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. Or follow us both on X. I don't know what the hell that is at all at this point. If you, you follow Steph on her channel, Steph49K on YouTube, same thing for me, Jason Aponte. Make sure you're following the Gold Standard Podcast Network on YouTube as well, too. For Steph, for Jay, we made it. It's training camp. It's time to talk about actual football. No. We did it, Steph. Peace. Peace.